There was a young man, I say young, he was about 50 at the time this happened. He was young to me. A young man who told his mother, the Bible is so legalistic. That really troubled me when I heard what he said. I turned to God and said, this really troubles me, what he said. A few hours later, I was walking through my house and the Holy Spirit reminded me of Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, and said to me, the world wants freedom to sin. The church wants freedom from sin. We, the church, see the Bible as freedom from sin. We don't see it as bondage. The world sees the Bible as bondage because they want to sin. They want freedom to sin. They want to be approved in their sins. We who belong to God want freedom from sin. Which of us really want to go back and live the way we lived before we were born again? Do you really want to go back and live in adultery or fornication or be a homosexual or be a lesbian? or be whatever you were doing before you were born again? Do any of us really want to do that? To return to that way of death in which we were living? Before we are, were born again, we were all seeking our own greatness one way or another. We were all consumed with what we could get one way or another. We were completely changed at the time we were born again. We were completely changed. Now, we grew into these various scriptures by doing the scriptures. We were recreated over and over every time we did a scripture. And we are still recreated over and over in the image of Christ every time we do a scripture because Christ is the word. So we are constantly being recreated in the image of Christ. We're not suffering loss, but gain. The world sees it as loss. They see it as keeping them from sinning. But we don't want to sin. So we who are of God see these scriptures as freedom from sin. As we do the scriptures, we're freed from sin. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, 14, Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Because that scripture, that precise narrow gate keeps us from sin which our flesh wants to do. That flesh never gets any better. One of our church people had that revelation one time. The flesh never improves. The flesh doesn't improve. We overcome the flesh by letting the scriptures get strong enough in us so that we do the scriptures and make the sin, the flesh suffers in uh, the 
our own flesh, we cause it to suffer by refusing to let it do what it wants to do. And the way we make it do, the way we overcome the flesh is by doing the scripture. When we keep a scripture in front of us day and night, which gives us the power to do that scripture, that flesh wants to rise up and take over, but the scripture gets so strong in us, we just don't let it do it. I can give you an example by um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Several years ago, I saw that scripture, and it really caught my attention. I took it and kept it before me day and night, and I tried to do that scripture throughout the day. You want to speak one thing, but that will not edify the person. It will not minister grace to the hearer. So you choose to do the Bible instead when the scripture gets strong enough in you. It doesn't, for me at least, happen automatically usually. It gets strong as I keep it before me day and night. As I look at that scripture in the morning and read it and think about it. And then in the evening I pull that scripture up and I look at it to see if I've actually done that throughout the day. After about doing this three days, I was visiting with my neighbors across the street. I wanted to say to them, and what do you think about the presidential election? I'm very non-political. Usually I pay no attention at all to it. But that year there were two candidates that interest me a little bit, and I'd seen a little bit of news on it, and I became entangled. But this scripture is going to free me from that entanglement, because as I sat there wanting to ask them, what do you think about the election? Of course, I knew immediately this is not going to minister anything good by asking that question. It's going to open the door for evil. So I knew by this scripture I must not do that. But the temptation was so strong in me, I couldn't hardly believe how strong the desire was to ask that question. I finally just got up and left their house to keep from speaking. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, edifying them in the way of God, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You make your own flesh suffer when you refuse to let it do what it wants to do. And the way we have power over the flesh is by the scriptures. I know of a woman who was married and at work she met a man that she found to be attractive. This is a woman who grew up in the church. Her mother took her to church from the time she was a child. She grew up going to church. She knew doctrine. Yet she committed adultery, became pregnant, had an abortion. Now how could that have been avoided? 
had she taken scripture like flea fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he who committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 Oh, there's so many scriptures against fornication and adultery. Any one of the scriptures could have overcome her own flesh. She obviously did not do that. Instead, she yielded to her flesh and ended up committing fornication, became pregnant, and had an abortion. She and that husband divorced, and she married another husband, and they divorced, committing adultery. If you want to avoid a temptation, see, most people want to do the temptation. The flesh definitely wants to do the temptation. You have to set about deliberately to overcome your flesh by Scripture. So if adultery is one of the temptations you're going through, find Scripture on adultery, keep it before you day and night until it becomes so strong to you that you turn from that temptation. We're told in 1 Corinthians 10, I believe verse 13, there's no temptation taken you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be attempted above that you're able. But will with the temptation make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So we are able to escape those temptations through God, through prayer, through the scriptures. We can simply ask God. Help me, please. Please don't let me do this. Please don't let me say this. Once in a while, you'll be tempted. You'll want to tell somebody off. Set them straight. That's your flesh wanting to do that, unless you hear something, a special word from God. Most of the time, it's your flesh. So, if you yield to your flesh, it's going to take you that way. But we don't have to yield to our flesh when we're born again. Instead, we can stay in scriptures which fight that temptation, whatever the temptation is. And that's how we overcome our own flesh, is by keeping the scripture before us until it becomes strong enough that we don't let the flesh do what it wants to do. So therefore, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Christ the Word. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19, the Apostle Paul tells us what the works of the flesh are. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, lust, lust, idolatry, Witchcraft, superstitions, that's witchcraft is superstitions, making them powerful, believing that they have a power to do something, practicing those things. I see people doing it all the time. I see them at football games do little hand signals to try to curse the other team, to cause the other team to go bad. Just the other day I was had something on television and the man said, 
the announcer said, well, I don't want to curse him. I don't want to jinx him or anything, but... And I thought, that man thinks he has the power to jinx this person. He doesn't, but he thinks he does. Well, these people at football games often, I see, I used to see whole stadiums of people on one team doing hand signals to try to jinx the opponents. There is the incredible story that I saw in a college world baseball, World Series baseball game. I'm not a baseball fan, I, but I was looking at this college world series where Arkansas was playing somebody. And these people were wearing bananas on their head. Somehow or other, they had decided it was a good luck symbol to wear bananas on their head. They really had. Here are these adult fans wearing bananas on their head. Here are the team, this team in a dugout wearing bananas on their head. For luck. <laughs> I mean, this is so silly. You can't believe that adults are actually doing these things. But they do. I'm sure many of these people attend church and do this. The Catholics cross themselves for luck. Things like that. That's idolatry. That's witchcraft. Works of the flesh. If you're participating in something like that, you've got to change. God is our strength and power. And he maketh our way perfect. That has to be the way we go. We can't go by idolatry and witchcraft. Other works of the flesh, hatred, variance. Variance is uh, arguing with people. Varying, varying over subjects. Emulations, which is trying to outdo people. Competitions. Wrath, strife. Wrath and strife are basically hoping that that person really gets it for what he has done. Vengeance type thing. Malice. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings. Paul says, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't think that you can participate and let the flesh overcome you and inherit the kingdom of God. It's not going to happen. Instead, we overcome the flesh through God, through prayer, through keeping scriptures before us day and night on that subject, through doing those scriptures and refusing to let the flesh take over and rule in our lives. Many go in the way of destruction. Few go in the way of life, says Jesus. 